We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Tuesday, January second, two thousand twenty-four, and I will screw this up for the next six episodes. I promise. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, your expiration date to say Happy New Year to people is on Friday. For those that are concerned on anything like that. The Green Bay Packers do not have an expiration date as of yet. Uh, They have a scenario. It's very simple. We went into Sunday saying everybody's asking, what do they need for help and this or that, or just anything in terms of that. It's, it's taken care of Green Bay won on Sunday against Minnesota, which gave them a chance for Sunday and coupled with Pittsburgh, shout out Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've always had nice things to say. I'm kind of joking when I say that and also not, I guess, but Always had nice things to say about the Steelers and uh, Christian Watson's favorite team growing up, uh, as you may have learned if you listen to this podcast. So my second favorite team for a week, the scenario is simple, and it's the same as it was a year ago, win a divisional game at Lambeau Field, and you will play for, uh, I almost said the national championship game. Can you tell? We recorded this on Monday night, if you're wondering where my brain is in particular. Win a divisional game, and you will be in the playoffs with a date against Dallas, Detroit, or Philadelphia. Actually, no, it will be Dallas or Philly. I think Detroit is eliminated from two-seed conversation. So it's just Dallas or Philly. Uh, Maybe Detroit if they can get some help and get to the sixth seed, but that is neither here 
nor there at this point. I am joined with the full crew tonight. It's the first time, well, it's the second time in a row. So the internet Illuminati must be fully on the back burner at this point going into 2024. Joined by Trey Watson, who had, uh, well, you called it the jumping place. Well, I'm sorry, your son calls it the jumping place today, <laughs> but you call it athletic training or something to that effect. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta scout them early. You gotta know what you're working with. Uh, so, you know, New Year's Day got got to have some fun at the uh, the trampoline park. He's only two, but he got some coordination. So it was it was nice to see. Uh, we took him once, like probably two and a half, three months ago, and he was kind of still getting his bearings. Uh, this time, you know, he kind of figured it out. We we like to see improvement from the first time. You know what I mean? You can't can't make the same mistake twice. Cannot make the same mistake twice, that's for sure. And I know from experience, my kids love that. My son's a little bit younger than yours, but my daughter's older, and they love those. Is it Flow? Is that the name of the place that you go to? Uh, the one we went to is called Altitude, but they've got a couple. Like, there's Boeing, there's Rebounders, Altitude. They all do the same thing. Yeah, they do. And it's a lot of fun, and it's fun to watch them kind of run around and do those things. I'm also joined by Jacob Morley, who his screen name for tonight is, quote, right about love. And I will remind the people that on this very podcast, he said he was out, O-U-T, out on Jordan Love. So I will not allow for him to be a revisionist in terms of history. That is not how this works. But I will say he was one of the first. I I often say Brian Gutekunst was first. After that, it's Tyler Dunn, and then somewhere in there is Jacob Morley, and Morley might even have a stake to claim that he was before Tyler Dunn. I might have been before Goody. I remember the Utah State days. I, I remember. Not, when, I'm not. I remember his, credit for that. There's I remember no his redshirt sophomore year when I said, "This kid is a stud." And I, I would and, like and, and, to think and believe that NFL teams are right now, as we speak, uh, even maybe nope. watching. Nope. nope. Some random backup I quarterback. For, I was okay. first. Sorry, Goody. Okay. I was first. I told okay. Goody about Jordan Love. No, it has become kind of a running joke on Twitter, too, about who has been first on Love because he's been that good, right? I mean, he's uh, – whatever your expectations for him were, I, he's exceeded them, right? Like, I, I was not expecting him to be third in the NFL in touchdown passes going into the last week of the season especially with the young receiving group, even if they would have all stayed healthy, that would have been, if you would have told me that, you know, 17 weeks ago, I would have, I would have been floored that they, that they did that. Um, also, I, I do need to, uh, a rebuttal on the out comment that the out comment was like, I'm out on him unless he starts playing better. No, there was no caveat. It was, oh, I am yeah, out. Oh, uh, I said it out loud on this show. I think I might have said it pre-show, yes, and now you're no. now, now you're outing have, the pre-show, outing the pre-show conversations. There, I have text messages to prove it. No, those have caveats though. No, they do not. We've got we've gone <laughs> no, over this. Don't. This is great radio. No. Um, but I'm back in regardless. I think what I said was I'm off the love train, but I'm still in the station. Was was basically how I felt. Like I'm off this train. I'm still got my ticket. I'm still waiting at the station. I'm ready to get back on board. And about week nine, we got back on board. And now here we are. Uh, and regardless, I think uh, if you're not on board at this point, then I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. Right uh, at the beginning of this season, you know, we talked at length about what what is the expectations for this team. You know, wins and losses was a big one. A lot of people are like, oh, six wins. 
six, seven, eight, nine wins or whatever. That's probably where they're at. Well, they're at the, the top end of that. And here we are going into week 18 and you just beat the bears and you're in the playoffs. And that's something that a lot of us, even with high expectations would have been kind of like, ah, it's kind of, that's, that might be a pipe dream to make the playoffs this first year. And it's not just because of Jordan. I think it's because of, because of just how, how young they chose to go for this team. And, this team is quite literally outrunning the learning curve. And that's what's exciting about, about these guys. And it's, it's remarkable. I mean, Christian goes down. That's tough. Wicks is out. That's tough. Oh, now Jaden Reed goes off in the first half. That's tough. Bo Melton? Like, okay. Bo Melton is going gonna, is gonna to be the guy that's going to come through and have 105 receiving yards. Their first on the individual 100-yard yeah. receiver this season, too, which is – and more total receiving yards. Now, granted, some of this is buoyed by a late middle finger from Matt Lo- I I think that was a F you. And the game. And the game. Stop him. it. Yeah. Yeah. For what, okay, the, what, you think it was for what? For calling timeout? For, Le, for uh, O'Connell calling the timeouts. Oh, he, probably. So he's, they're huddling. They're not playing hurry up like they're still trying to win the game. And then Green Bay runs the ball to basically see are they going to call their timeouts. If not, they'll be able to run three plays and punt or run three plays, get a first down, and kneel the clock out. Well, then he didn't do that. So LaFleur threw a deep shot. That's what I think happened on that particular uh, instance. But I will say this. You said, Morley, win against Chicago, and they're in. Trey, I don't expect you to know this, but maybe you do. When do you guys think is the last time the Chicago Bears won at Lambeau Field? Won at Lambeau? So they haven't beaten Green Bay since 2018. That was at Soldier Field. Yeah, last- no, it's, it's been a minute. I mean, I mean, what did Aaron, Aaron Rodgers say all the time? I own you. So uh, <laughs> it's, pro- it's probably been forever, especially at home. Like probably like one of those like Jay Cutler teams might have snuck one. Like 20, you know, what years were that? Like. 2012, something like that. I don't know. Uh, a little more recent than that. Morley, do you know? 2017? No, less for further back than that. It was 2015. It was on Thanksgiving night when they retired Brett Favre's Jeez. jersey. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, they retired. So they have Favre, Star, and Rodgers in the building together that night. That's the only time that had ever happened, I think. Uh, when they were all like established, obviously, and they lost to Chicago. Uh, that Would that be something? Would that be something if their last two wins are when you're retiring legends jerseys, got all your quarterbacks in the building? Oh, and then you, when you got the new quarterback and you kick them out of the playoffs, those would be two pretty, you know, if you're, you're not going to get a lot of wins if you're Chicago and they certainly haven't, but those would be two pretty hefty ones. Yeah, those would be, uh, like I said, Pretty hefty. I think that's a good way to put it. We'll see. There will be no laying down for Chicago. I can promise you guys this. The Bears are going to relish the opportunity to end Green Bay season uh, on Sunday afternoon. It is a 3.30 kickoff at Lambeau Field. The Bears have won five of their last seven. Their defense, and that's where I kind of want to start with this, their defense is awesome. And it has been really, you can kind of point to, it was starting to turn the corner a little bit because coming into the year, we had no idea what their defense was going to be like. They had a boatload of new starters. Green Bay got them in the first game of the season, which kind of evened itself out by the fact that Green Bay's offense was essentially brand new. And even more so when you take out the fact that, you know, Christian Watson didn't play in the season opener either. Chicago's defense, you can point to the turning point is the acquisition of Montez Sweat. In eight games with Chicago, I think he has seven sacks and two forced fumbles. He is a menace, and Green Bay has done better 
against those types of pass rushers as of late. But early in the year, you know, the first couple games, they didn't really have too much in, in terms of pressure and everything like that. Then that week four game happened against John Kaminsky and Aiden Hutchinson, and those guys blew that game open. Um, the next week it was Max Crosby. They had some struggles against some high-level pass rushers like that. But Rasheed Walker and Zach Tom, they kept Daniel Hunter under wraps. I don't think Love was sacked once on Sunday night against Minnesota, which was a big deal. But Sweat has been just a difference maker for this Chicago team. And the Bears, the one thing they also do that Green Bay does not do at all is they take the ball away. I think they have 22 interceptions on the season. They had a bunch on Sunday. Granted, that was against Taylor Heineke. The caveat does go in there, I suppose. But, Trey, what's your – and with Green Bay's offense, you know, kind of rotating guys, I mean – there's a world that exists where Sunday Christian Watson doesn't play, Jaden Reed doesn't play, and Dontavian Wicks doesn't play. So that's arguably their three best receivers that may not be able to suit up on Sunday afternoon. What's your concern level of attacking this defense with those guys and without them? You know, um, I think it's definitely pretty crazy that the the Bears are peaking at the right time to essentially ruin the season again for for Green Bay, which is exactly what happened last year with Detroit, right? Like, I mean, it's basically the same situation. Two teams that have nothing to lose aren't getting into the playoffs, I don't think, unless the Bears – I don't think the Bears scenario fit because we didn't tie. Um, yeah, they're out. They're eliminated. Yeah, out. so you know what I mean? Like two, two years in a row you have teams with nothing to lose and teams that are also ascending. That's what the Lions were doing at the end of last year. That's what they carried over into this season. And that's basically where the Bears are, you know, looking to be. Uh, like you said, five of the last seven um, – Sweat's been a difference maker, man. He's he's leading two NFL teams in sacks right now, um, which is like insane to believe. But he's he's been a huge key for them. I'd say like the biggest thing for me is um, normally if we did have Christian, if we did have Jaden, if we did have Wicks, I think our speed becomes too much for for the Bears back seven. Um, you know, they have Jalen Johnson. He's a good corner, a good player. Uh, Stevenson, the rookie, has been getting better, I think, as the season's gone on. Their safeties aren't aren't bad football players, but I just don't think they could they could keep up with that combination of guys. Um, and if we don't have them, then, you know, uh, Coach LaFour's going to have to keep, you know, being essentially doing what he's been doing the last, I'd say, month or so with, with the play calling in terms of, being able to get all kinds of different guys involved. I mean, the way he's been able to get Bo Melton involved the last two weeks has been really nice. Bo has, Bo does have that game-breaking speed element, um, and he's shown he can do, you know, a lot of the other things that you need a wide receiver to do as well. Obviously, Kraft's been getting involved every single week, and he he makes a splash play, whether it's on a two-yard catch and he's got to run for 20, or he's breaking across the middle of the field. So, we have options. Aaron Jones is also peaking at the perfect time, heading into a playoff run, which helps a lot. Um, and Montez Sweat is definitely more of a pass rusher than a, a difference in difference maker in the run game. And, and you know, our O line has has gotten better week by week. I'd say they're, I mean, the complete opposite end of the spectrum of what they were against the Bears week one, and we still were able to handle them then. So. You know, there, there, there obviously are going to be some challenges uh, that present themselves with, with the way the Bears are playing currently, but um, nothing that this, this offense shouldn't be able to overcome the way they've been playing. Orlean and Trey brought it up uh, with Aaron Jones. For all the discussion about 
you know, is this his last season? Do running backs matter? Can you pay running backs? Like all that good stuff. The last two weeks, Aaron Jones has been at his peak. And perhaps not coincidentally, Green Bay has scored 30 points in both of those games. In fact, in three of the games that Aaron Jones has been at his peak in terms of usage, the Packers have scored 30 points in all of those games. Uh, That would be the season opener against Chicago. And then, of course, the last two. He is still... And I don't want to like try and get over the top here, but I think he's he's still their best player on that side of the ball. And that's saying something with the way this offense has grown throughout the course of the season. But you can see it. Green Bay did not have a 100-yard rusher individually until last week against Carolina. And you kind of brush that off and like, okay, it's Carolina. Like they're the worst team in the league. And, oh, by the way, they scored zero points against the Jaguars in case anybody was interested <laughs> in some conversation like that. Jones has run for a buck 21 each of the last two games. Now – Sunday's game against Chicago is a little bit of a challenge because they are one of the best teams in the league in terms of allowing rush yards per game. They stopped the run, but Minnesota did too. Minnesota was a top 10 defense in terms of rush yards against per game. They stopped the run too. And Green Bay was able to pile up over 170 yards rushing on them. This is something to me that I believe they need to lean on, uh, not a ton, you know, but even more so with, like I just mentioned, those three receivers, None of them might play. All of them could play, but none of them might play on Sunday. And and at some point, you know, Trey talked about like the next man up stuff and everybody else says that. But at some point, like it is like, hey, we're playing Bo Melton and Malik Heath and like just nothing against those guys. But that's the back half of the receiver room for, you know, for a reason. So do you think that's something or someone that they need to lean more on? And that's something that has come at almost the perfect time for this offense. Yeah, I, I think you you're right. I think he as far as, you know, consistency, you know, playmaking ability, uh, plays when they need plays. Uh, Aaron Jones is right up there with anyone on this offense. And with him, what with the element that he adds to, I think you go back and watch that week one game. I don't know if Aaron Jones really hurt them that much on the ground. It was could can you get him? Can you get him in one on one coverage versus their inside backers? And they gave all this money to TJ Edwards. They gave all this money uh, to the Edmonds kit. And I've got a couple pictures of Aaron Jones running free with them chasing him. Right. And I think that's going to be the game plan. I think that's what they want to do with Aaron Jones versus these linebackers is can you get, can you get him one-on-one matchups versus these guys? Cause They've proven that they can't run with them. So I think, you know, the counter to that is what is Chicago going to do? Because they're going to have that fresh in their mind. They remember that game. And, you know, it's all fine and dandy to talk about wanting to come into Lambeau Field and ruin the Green Bay Packers season and all of that is great. But if you get up on these guys early, put 10-14 on them, it's going to be cold. What's their resolve going to be? Do they want to keep playing or do you, does your mind start to wander towards those offseason plans? And so that's going to be a big story in the game as well. Can you get an early lead on these guys? If you can, I think it could it could get out of hand. If not, if you give them a reason to keep playing, you give them a reason to keep fighting. You know, we've seen it. We saw it in Carolina two weeks ago, a really, really bad team. You didn't put them away. You gave them hope. They kept playing to the final whistle, literally the last second, half second. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do. Um, you know, what is the Chicago Bears resolve? What is what? It, and conversely, 
what what are the Packers? You know, this young team, what's their results look like? We've seen them let get up for big games and then be let let, let down, right? I mean, the Giants game comes to mind. The the Buccaneers game comes to mind. Those are huge games. They needed those games and they you know, they peed down their leg for lack of better term. So, have they learned from those mistakes cuz no one none of them are bigger than the one coming up. And so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fun. It, it, and it is. And I know it's going to, you know, Bears fans are going to make it seem like the end of the world. Packers fans are going to make it seem like the end of the world. It's not. You know, it's, it is it is a play-in game for the Packers. Um, regardless, I think, win or loss, I think the Packers are ahead of schedule. Obviously, we want to be in the playoffs and just kind of see what happens. But um, Yeah, and but I don't want to give compliments to the other side here, but I think – both teams are ahead of schedule and I don't, we don't yeah. need to do the, should they keep Justin Fields debate or not? But like, even if they, even if they do, which I personally think would be a mistake, like they're going to win anywhere from seven to eight games this year. That's plus four or five in the win column. And at minimum, they've built a core on the defensive side of the ball. And they got some guys on offense too. And you know, I do I mean, need to say like the Montez sweat trade, I'm annoyed with because that was something like, man, I, I was not kind to the bears about that. I thought that was a, I thought that was a, a bad move on their part. I thought they gave up oh, too much. Really? To, I like oh yeah, it, to, I, I think I thought they gave up on what what would be at the time it was like the thirty fourth overall pick for Montez yeah, Sweat. Yeah, yeah, they and were terrible. They, but and then they paid him, and I was like, man, like I just don't think he is that type of player. I was wrong. Like he has been a revelation for them, and so credit where it's due. Like good on Ryan Poles. That was turning out to be a really nice move for them, um, and the results have been profound on the field so uh i'm annoyed i'm annoyed with that <laughs> yeah i'm uh, annoyed is a good word for it i was at the time the only thing that had me going like oh that's not a good move is if when the conversation was that they hadn't gotten an extension worked out like mm-hmm. that was a prereq to me that's a prerequisite to any trade like that that you make um especially with a player on an expiring contract but he's awesome jalen johnson is awesome uh, and yep. he's often the guy that i bring up for the for the people that want to do the, oh, if Green Bay had drafted T. Higgins or Michael Pittman, I always say Jalen Johnson is the one if you want to say you plug and play, Green Bay might win the Super Bowl because then he's playing instead of Kevin King. But those conversations I think he can pretty safely <laughs> put to bed. Uh, Green Bay, you can argue about whether they should have picked him at the time or whatever. The reality is Green Bay wouldn't change a damn thing. And they've got their guy, and he's only gotten better as the season's gone on, and he's why – the big I, that's the you know the craziest part of this thing is and we've talked about this a bunch you know Christian hasn't played a whole lot this year Dobbs uh, he's been healthy but he was banged up early in the season Reed in and out of the lineup Wicks in and out of the lineup this team was supposed to be complementary football defense and run the ball and let Jordan kind of guide the game along and then as he gets better throughout the season he can lean more on the passing game if Green Bay makes the playoffs Jordan Love is at the top of the list in terms of reasons that more like you are such a liar this is not a video show but you are such a liar <laughs> and i will nonetheless i'll move on from that but i will i will allow you to lie to the people because it's behind closed doors you're a keyboard warrior for god's sake you are the people <laughs> in the watson family mentioned <laughs> no i'm not uh, don't you dare don't you dare how dare you hey. And those those fans have been turning into to big fans of my dad lately, at least with the with the breakdowns. They yeah, that's hilarious, man. I got if you guys do, if you don't follow Christian and Trey's dad, he's hilarious. 
And the way Trey explained it once before a show was he doesn't say things for like engagement or whatever. He just felt like he needed to say that. So he just kind of started typing and whatever happened, happened from there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we'll get to the biggest thing here. So we just talked about Chicago's defense. Their offense is worth discussing as well. Uh, It's been up and down. Chicago fans would have you believe that this offense is peaking and that they can, you know, that they've scored 40 points a game. And they did have a nice game on Sunday against Atlanta. I am not going to poo-poo that performance at all, especially since I think Atlanta's defense has some actual dudes on it. And they lit them up. 37 points. Fields had 268 yards passing. I think two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown as well. Um, You know, Fields, when I'll say this, and it's going to sound like I'm poo-pooing his performances, but like He's not going to beat you in a drop back game. I think that's kind of the thing that Green Bay was able to make him do the first time these two teams played, and it didn't go well. Uh, You know, you saw the Bears didn't really make a whole lot of big plays offensively. They scored 20 points, but most of that was after the game was already pretty well. It was 38 to 14 at one point. Um, You know, Green Bay does have the athletes in the front seven to kind of keep him in the pocket or chase him down. You saw Lucas Van Ness able to do that. But DJ Moore has been an excellent addition for them. He might already be the best receiver in Chicago Bears history. Uh, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, guys like that obviously have some claim to stake there as well. Hey friends, I'm sure you're all familiar with some of the hassles of finding game tickets at a reasonable price without all the headaches that go along with it. I've been on a bit of a roll lately as I went through one ticketing service that never sent me the tickets and I had to panically try to get a hold of somebody the day of the game. I had another service that didn't allow me to transfer tickets. So when I could no longer go to the Wisconsin Iowa game, transferring the tickets was extremely difficult. It was just all so frustrating. That was until I found Game Time. Game Time is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Oh, and GameTime is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code PACKADAY. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. 
So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Their run game to me, this is where I get worried uh, with their offense. I think their run game is awesome. Uh, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman, if he plays, and Justin Fields is part of that as well. They're all kind of able to do different things to you on the ground. And Trey, as much as we talk about how defense this, defense that, like, yeah, the defense stinks. And one of the biggest reasons is because they don't slow teams down on the ground. Now they have the last two weeks, but those two teams have been playing from behind. I think that's kind of a key for Green Bay on Sunday to get ahead and then make the Bears play a passing script. I would say that is that is the dream, right? Um, I mean, obviously, as much as we've talked about the defense and the defensive coordinator and everything, last week in that situation, he called what needed to be called and they were able to execute. Um, so that's what you hope you can get this week, right? Like, at least, thankfully, like you said, the last two teams that weren't great at running the football, we kept them not being great, which had been, unfortunately – not a trend prior to that, like when we saw the Steelers rush for 200-plus yards on us. Um, so that's that's the game we can't afford, right, because Justin is so lethal in that area just by himself, um, whether it's design runs or scrambles. So you, you have to at least make them one-dimensional, make them have to be a true passer, because before I would say that it's even about Justin being able to be a consistent drop-back passer – Outside of DJ, I don't think they have consistent enough receivers to make the plays that are needed to be made. I mean, how many times have you turned on a Bears game and guys are dropping wide open passes that hit them right in the face? Like, I mean, Donald so, Mooney had a Hail Mary in his bread basket. Yeah. And it hit the ground. Like Exactly. So it's it's like if if we don't let them have the DJ Moore game that he had against the commanders, where it was like eight catches for two hundred and something yards. And we don't let Justin Fields scramble all day. We should be fine defensively. Like the rest of their team, just they don't put enough fear in your hearts. I mean, we just saw the the young corners that everyone had all these question marks about. I don't care who was playing quarterback. Justin Jefferson was on that field, arguably the best receiver in the game. Um, and Justin Jefferson, to- who said by himself that they can make whatever quarterback situation work. Exactly. So they they. They weren't able. They weren't able to get him the ball enough to to impact the game at all last night. So, um, DJ's a great player, um, but he's not Justin Jefferson, and the rest of those guys certainly are not anywhere near that caliber either. So, um, if anything, I have I have confidence in the corners' ability to, at the very least, compete and make each opportunity hard, whether it's for DJ or or anyone else. Um, and it's about, you know, can that can that front seven keep Justin in check? Uh, man, let Quay spy a couple times on, on Justin. That's that's what he does. He's a, a big old athlete who likes to run. Let let him run. Let him let him do his thing. Let him blitz some you more see, like you saw last week. I tweeted today the sack that he had or he got loose. I mean, he was untouched. He had to beat a running back to the quarterback and like I mean, Quay is what six four two forty five. I mean, he's 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 a large they man. Do. And the they way talk, he can, it's so weird man, the way they talked move. about him before the season. Like Jason yeah. Rebrovich, and I apologize if I butchered his oh. name, but Reb before the season talked about like using Quay in their pass rush as if like he couldn't like 
hide his smile about it and they just haven't done it for whatever reason. That's kind of one of the, one of the things I want to that was see whether or not they're able to do. Michael Penix is really good guys. That's what everybody's man. reacting to oh, in the background. Yeah. Boy, oh, man. Too. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Those two. He'd, he'd look fun. He'd be fun in green gold. Not that they need him, but my nah. goodness. I mean, Hey, you know, need not, not going to be drafted that high. No, no, thankfully. And that's a good thing, right? That's, yep, that's a positive sure for the way green Bay has gone. Throughout the course of the season. The other thing I want to get to before we get to the end, you guys talked about DJ Moore. And the last time we had spoke uh, on this show, Jair Alexander had not been suspended yet. Um, and that was a big story last week. I think that, I, I mean, my take on it, and we don't really need to go down this part of it, more so like what it means moving forward, but I, I don't understand the people that, thought that what Alexander did well here I'll ask you Trey you've played before mm-hmm. the team captain thing that matters like that's a big deal even if it's weekly in a rotation the way the Packers do it like the guys the coaches appoint as captains that matters and a player inserting himself into that position I mean and I know you're just one person but what is your reaction if you turn and you look and you see a guy who wasn't named a captain standing next to you and just kind of saying hey I got this yeah, that thankfully that's a situation I never ran into. Um, and it's just because no matter who you are on a team, where you where you think you sit within the hierarchy, you don't sit above coaches and their decisions about things like that. So, I mean, to be honest, if if I had been a captain out there for that game and I walked out and I see Jair over there and then I see Jair begin to speak to the ref, my jaw would drop, to be honest, because it just doesn't happen. Um, like, you just don't do those things. Like, if you're going to do that, I mean, that's that's essentially a slap in the face to your coach. Uh, that'd be the equivalent of him standing up in the meeting and say, hey, guys, we're going to do this this week. And you stand up and you say, no, coach, we're going to do what I want to do this week. Um, because you're just overruling what, whatever the coach said, like, those guys know, hey, these three are going to walk on the field this week. I've had I've had been on teams where week to week the coach literally comes up to you, whether it's the night before the game, the week of the game, in warm-ups that day, and he'll walk up to you and say, hey, you're going out this week. Hey, you're going out this week. You're going to speak. Like, it, it's, it's that set in stone to where, yeah, you are literally just relaying the coach's decision to defer – to kick, to receive, whatever whatever the case may be. And that coach, like LaFleur said, already has told the, the referees in pregame, in those meetings. Um, but you're still doing what the coach said. Like, it's it, it's just, like I said, it's just something I've never heard of, of a guy doing that. And you you know that that's not supposed to happen. In the in the postgame interview, yeah, he, he brushed it off as if it wasn't a big thing, as if, it was about the coaches not knowing he was from that city. Dude, that's that's not what it's about. And at the professional level, you're you're not a kid. This isn't your first time doing this. I mean, you, you've been around the block. Like, your teammates have voted you captain before. And you know the importance of that. You know the importance of what it what it is to be told, hey, you're walking out on, the, on that field as a captain today. So um, to just ignore all of that is just – it's disrespectful to your teammates. It's disrespe- disrespectful to the coach. It's it's a disrespect to the game. Um, and then to, on top of that, go out there and almost, you know, ruin everything with, with the call and screw your team over. 
like that just that's just icing on the cake of bad, right? Like you just that's don't middle middle school level, middle school yeah. level stuff. We send yeah. kids out there in middle school and say you we defer or we receive mm-hmm. like nothing else. Yeah. And let me ask you this, Trey, because as you're talking about, you know, Jair kind of just doing his own thing, you know, on the coin toss. Is it any coincidence that the the February 14th duo of Valentine and Valentine have looked exponentially better at corner. The, the defense, the pad, the secondary has looked better with those two out there. And, you know, your mind kind of goes to, and this is a little bit of a tinfoil theory because I don't, this is not sourced. I have no idea, but it, your mind does go to, you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of what Joe Barry is calling. I'm not a fan of the scheme, but you know, what makes the scheme even worse yeah. is when you have guys doing not doing thing. it. Doing yeah, your own and so, thing. And so is we talked Jair about that on this show before up. too, though, with like Devontae Wyatt and just selfish football in terms mm-hmm. of just run defense. And I don't mean to name Wyatt specifically, but like you're right. That's kind of how this works. The player perspective, and I don't I mean, like I said, Jair's been activated, he's gonna play. Matt LaFleur said it was more than just one thing, which means like it wasn't just as simple as, oh, Ja did this, he's suspended. Like this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And that's not even tinfoil hat. That's not conspiracy. That's not source. That's not nothing. That is literally what the coach yeah. said. Well, this but is I'm, a huge, I don't mean to be overreactionary about anything, but this is, Hey, this is a podcast, but this is a huge week for Jair yes. uh, and his future in green Bay. Like, Hey man, you just got scolded. It, it kind of in an embarrassing fashion. Honestly, you got people made fun of you for what you did. Cause it was dumb. Can you go out now and kind of just like take your medicine and get back in line and play for your teammates and go out and there and the do guys that you. replaced you like yeah. on Saturday when it was announced Stokes was going on IR and wasn't playing. My whole timeline was like, well, good thing. They just suspended Jair. Their whole cornerback room looks terrible. Now, now those guys that was quote unquote terrible. Granted, some of this was quarterback play too, but shut those guys down. You know, yeah. Addison and Jefferson did not impact the game like that. So big deal, but I wanted to get the, you know, the form or the current player's perspective uh, on something like that. Cause that hasn't, it's not something we get too often, but more like you mentioned it. Yeah. Big week for Alexander because Valentine and Valentine played well and they have played well in Alexander's absence. Um, I do still think that Alexander is going to be part of this team in 2024 uh, yeah. and beyond. Um, what I said to, I think it was you was, it should be as simple as, oh, 30 million dead cap. He's awesome when he plays. Yeah, he's been dinged with injuries. Like the answer to this question should be 0% chance Alexander's not a Packer next season. Because of the injuries and the overall weirdness of this situation, which is okay to acknowledge, it's weird because it is. I'm not suggesting he's, I'm not suggesting anything. It's just he got suspended and it's been an odd situation all year. Um, and the guys on the beat have even talked about it as much. Because of that stuff, it's like 2%, maybe well, less. Also, the, you know, we talked about you know, Barry's scheme, you know, the, hey, let's put a roof on everything. Let's not get beat over the top. It's frustrating to watch, but you know what? That's the right scheme for this Bears offense. Like, can you stop the run? And then Justin Fields does one thing really well. He does push the ball down the field well. He does throw a nice deep ball. Like, your game plan should be stop the run, make Fields – beat you on short to intermediate throws. Make him do that. Make him have to complete eight passes a drive because he's shown that he can't. 
throughout the course of his career. So Jair, can you be on board with that game plan? Are you going to go out and try to be Superman? And if you are, you better freaking deliver, you know? So uh, that's kind of, that's a huge, you know, that's a huge game within this, this game coming up. And, you know, one that will be fascinating to watch unfold. That it will. Let's get to it, guys. We're running out of show here. So it's simple. Win and they're in. So, Trey, last year, same scenario. Green Bay lost. This year, do they right the wrong? They do. Um, This is how it's got to finish. This is how the Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love year one transition is essentially complete no matter what happens if and when they do get in the playoffs which is what's going to happen uh no matter whether christian plays Jaden reed plays wicks plays um they're going to get this thing done that they're going to figure it out um i think it's just really really coming full circle like i said it, it kind of lines up the exact way it did last year except now jordan loves running the show instead of aaron Rodgers. um I tweeted out before before the Minnesota game that, you know, with everything going on, Jordan really has to to put the team on his back and win last night. Um, he did that. He he did exactly what needed to be done. He executed and he continued to get better and better. He played through mistakes. He kept going. Um, he made some great plays happen when, you know, they might not have been there. He he executed the calls that were given to him um and that's what he's gonna go do again against the bears on sunday the same way they did to start the season they're gonna finish it out in lambo this year uh the same way they weren't able to a year ago and we'll see you in the playoffs morally much like you've hated jordan love for his entire career you've loved justin fields had a lot of nice things to say about him over the last four years is he gonna (laughs) i'm gonna punch you right through this screen uh well sorry finish your question who wins on Sunday? Packers by 100. Packers by 100. I'll say this. I have no feel for this team. Um, you know, after they beat Kansas City and Detroit back-to-back, I was like, I knew they weren't going 11-6. and six. I couldn't figure out where they were going to lose because I didn't think a lot of the teams they were playing are very good. But I knew they weren't going to run the table. I felt pretty good about that. But then they kind of – not kind of. They stink up the place against Carolina like – one second is the difference between that game potentially going to overtime and who knows what happens when you go to overtime. Like, could be anything, right? Then last, before they played Minnesota, I was like, I don't have a good feeling about this at all. Like, they haven't played, Green Bay hasn't played particularly well on the road this year. They had the big win in Detroit, but otherwise, you know, it's kind of been sketchy on the road. They're One of their worst games of the season was a win against Carolina. They won that game in Carolina. They, their defense was coming off a horrendous performance to the point where, like, I don't think I didn't think it mattered who played quarterback for Minnesota. Turns out it did. I still don't fully understand why they were willing to start a guy and then bench him after two quarters. Like, if you're willing to do that, just start the guy who you were going to bench him for. I, I, it didn't make sense to me. To me, that's odd. Just putting my former coach and player cap on. Like, you either believe in this or you don't kind of thing. But when you have to play seven quarterbacks in the season, I guess you're grasping at straws. Chicago's playing well. They might even be playing better than Green Bay is at this point of the year. But I <laughs> I, I, I have to see it to believe it's going to happen. I cannot believe that the Bears are going to come into Lambeau Field and beat the Packers in a game that Green Bay has to have. And you could tell 
listening to the coaches, listening to the players, everything like that. Like they know winning in Minnesota didn't mean anything if they don't win on Sunday. And to me, making the playoffs is just such a monumental step forward for this franchise, considering, like you guys said, a year ago at this time, Green Bay loses to Detroit. Rodgers walks off the field hugging Randall Cobb. And we're all kind of like, okay, so now what? Like, is is Aaron coming back and we're going to try and do this thing again? And this team wasn't even that good. And, you know, that obviously didn't happen. And if he doesn't, then what does Jordan love? Well, we've gotten some answers and some pretty solid ones. So, and you know what, honestly, I've heard the phrasing like Green Bay can lose to anyone and they can beat anyone. I don't entirely agree. I don't think they could beat San Francisco. I don't think they could beat Baltimore if they got to even that point, which would be a miracle in and of itself. And we're having completely different conversations. But I do think that they can beat most anybody, and I do think they can lose to anybody too. But I can't believe that they're going to lose to Chicago at home with their season online. So I like Green Bay as well. I uh, reserve the right to change my mind as I often do. We're out of show. We're out of time. I want to thank you guys for stopping in with us. This is our last regular season show. Hopefully we have one more game to cover uh, next week. The Packers could play on the 13th, the 14th, or the 15th because for some reason the playoffs need to play on Monday night football these days, but weird it is. And it's still stupid. And I've hated it every year since they've had it. This is the third season of it. And I just don't whatever more football. I guess I'm not going to complain, but from a competitive advantage standpoint, like I just think that it's a bad thing, but that's going to be the case. Enjoy the games on Sunday, guys. The Packers, again, they play at 3.30 at Lambeau Field. If you are there, make some noise. Help the defense as much as you humanly can. Be quiet when the offense is on the field. I can't even begin to explain to you how annoying it is that we have to tell the crowd to shut up when the offense is on the field, but apparently they do. Uh, for Trey Watson, Jacob Morley, who hates Jordan Love and myself, we're out of time. See you next time. Go Packers.